Um, I use a blue Yeti. Oh, okay, yeah, that's what I use too at home. Yeah, it's like the it's like the the standard kind of cheap microphone that a lot of people use. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good starting, you know, like especially, you know, for for us, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, it was like it was like ninety bucks, I think, and then the mm-hmm. the boom the boom arm actually I actually kind of splurged on the boom arm because I wanted a nicer boom arm. Yeah. Um, like, I can't really show you here, but it it basically uh, let's see, it basically you got this metalizer too, yeah. I can move it like in any direction, and I, nice. I tighten this. I tighten this bolt here. Mm-hmm. I can tighten and loosen this bolt, and then tighten and loosen this. Oh, okay. Uh, so the boom arm can actually come over my monitor if I want it to. Oh, I had it cool. Had it come to the side and kind mm. of sneak under under the monitor. Yeah. Nice. So. Yeah, yeah, it's been kind of. I, I like it. So. Hey, quick question. Yeah. Do you like medium firm or firm mattress? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm buying stuff. I'm buying mattress for my Airbnbs. <laughs> oh, you are for your Airbnbs? Yeah. Well, I for, think yeah. is I think there's a whole science to this, right? Like, yeah, aren't like larger people, larger people like firm mattresses? Mm-hmm. Because they push in the mattress more, and then lighter people like more fluffy mattresses. Yeah, is that a thing? Am I making that up? I I heard about that. Um, so like people who are like 170 or 180 pounds, they're probably like firm, and then like you know usually women, if it's if they're 150 or more petite, you know they're like medium firm. But I don't know. I think is they're like- then. They- they put like an air cooling gel or on top of it and memory foam. And, you know, that's, that changes the equation again. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Like the answer is, I don't know, but. Um, I bet there's like, like a mattress podcast out there. Like some nerds. You know that what? That's super into mattresses. So funny that I'm, you're probably right. So <laughs> there's, there's a podcast I, for anything. Right. So at this point, I mean, I guess there's probably Airbnb people that get really into that right yeah mm-hmm. that that have the they figure out based on reviews what the best mattresses are for the cheapest yep yeah, well okay. so um why don't we just have you introduce yourself to the to the audience that we that we have right now okay are we live yep we're live Nice, nice. All right. So this is let me I guess I'll give you an introduction, but you'll probably have to fill in the gaps. So welcome everybody to the Failing Forward podcast. We are live right now. I have Prophet with Oscar here with us. Mm-hmm. Um he's a millionaire bookkeeper that does fix and flips. Um and feels very passionate about bookkeeping, um, travels between Chicago and Florida because those are his two markets. Um, he's well known within the sub two community. So I feel very excited to have him on tonight. So 
Um, Oscar, what else? What else do you think is important for like overview things for me to tell people? Well, cool, man. Well, thank you for getting me on your show. You know, it's always nice to talk to uh, a lot more, you know, sub two people and learning, you know, with other people, you know, and, and I think your show is great. You know, the failing forward is great so that we're not talking about wins. We're not talking about, you know, all the things that we do best, but also the things that we learn, right? That because entrepreneurship is about learning. Uh, failing forward, which is you know your your core topic here. Um, but yeah, hi everyone. My my name is Oscar. Uh, my full name is Oscar Setiawan. I don't really use my last name because no one really ever said right. Um, just kind of like a Gary V never says his like full name, you know. So <laughs> yeah, so I just go with you know probably with Oscar, which is I, I didn't uh, even try when I looked at it. Yeah. I was like, that's Oscar. Yeah, profit right? with Oscar. That's his name. Yeah, exactly. Right. It, it much, it's much better and, and people get it. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but I've been, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for uh, maybe about 15, 18 years. Um, I had uh, several different companies. Uh, I started working with a tech company, Motorola, back in 2000. Uh, but then I had a side hustle. I was a wedding photographer back in 2005 till maybe 2012. Um, and then at that point where I discovered really learning about entrepreneurship, really about sales, you know, so wedding photography is about, you know, selling your art, selling your craft, right. Selling, selling that more than just, you know, going as a photographer, right. You, cause you want to sell yourself as an artist. So I learned sales from there. And I also learned about running a business from there. Now, 2012, I had a choice. I was going to become a full-time wedding photographer. But then my mom came in uh, to town and she's a great chef and we found opportunities. And instead of being a full-time wedding photographer, I became a full-time restaurateur. <laughs> so, really? wow. um, yeah, yeah. So 2012, we opened our first Indonesian restaurant uh, in Chicago. And back then in 2012, we were the only authentic Indonesian restaurant in the whole Chicagoland area and even uh, in the Midwest. So um, we got a few accolades from Michelin, uh, we were on TV shows, you know, we did great because I was all about experience at that point. I know when I opened the restaurant, uh, I was not going to be just selling food. I'm selling experience. So, I mean, at one point we were selling fried rice for like 25 bucks. So, you know, that. Really? <laughs> yeah, really? yeah, our average wow. at night was, like, you know, 50 to $70 per person. Um, and it's a small restaurant. That's why we had to charge a little bit more. And we were also BYOB. Uh, we didn't have a liquor license, so we let people bring their drinks. So we had to charge for the food and for the ambience, for the experience, right? So, and that's when I learned about system and processes, about delegation, about really being a business person, right? Because you, then you need a team. You need you need the you know a kitchen that is full run with people, four or five people, and then you know the front of the house with you know another four or five people. So I have a team of like maybe twelve uh, people at one point, uh, part-time and full-time. So I, I ran the whole uh, restaurant as a general manager and owner with my mom. And that was for about eight years until COVID hits. Um, now, you know, we had to shut down and, you know, different states had different rules, but Illinois had the more harsher rules, right? The more like, you know, hard, hard rules because they weren't able to let open till, I don't know, for like a couple of months, right? Or two, three months, we were just like dead on the water. You just and then even when we were open, down. 
did you like totally shut down? Yeah, totally shut down. Like, there's no news. There's nothing. I mean, there's money coming in, but we had to apply for it and and everything like that. But regardless, um, wow. it didn't really help because you know the rent is still going. Uh, the landlord was okay with us not paying for a few months, but then you know after two three months they were like, hey, where's our money? Right. So we had to negotiate that. And when we open, we were at limited capacity. We were small, so like it was not worth it to open for like five people. So we opened for to go it wasn't worth it because at that point you know the typical delivery companies were charging us an arm and a leg right so wow and um, you have, day, like, when you I have like books, kids and a family during all this right i'm sorry you have you had kids and a family and yeah, like kids yeah, and yeah. Spouse. Kids. yeah back then you know my my kids was growing up so you know and i was living in an apartment because you know we spent our life, our life saving to open up the restaurant right and you know while we making some money and and kind of getting those reserves back on um it wasn't enough to just get a house back then right so uh but fortunately uh in 2016 i start uh this path toward real estate so okay, okay. Uh, you know I, I found out about real estate investment right which is different than just buying real estate because before then i was just buying houses uh, for my primary residence move to another primary residence uh, and accidentally become landlord and <laughs> it wasn't fun because it was not the right type of investment right you know so and we weren't cash flowing even though we think we're cash flowing so long story short um, i learned about investing the right way 2016 i started uh, up until 2020 when everything shut down uh, i was able to accumulate maybe about 20 doors with my partner so that kind of helped, even though we they presented several challenges too, because now people stop paying, <laughs> right? Um, oh oh so we have to play with, you know, people not paying and, you know, people getting low uh, uh, rental assistance and all that. But, you know, some people still didn't fill it out. So, you know, we lost some money, we made some money, but overall it's, it's the journey that counts, right? It's the failing forward that counts, right? And you learn a lot when, you know, money just keep going without income coming in. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So I had to pivot real quick. Right. And I had to basically, I know the restaurant's not going to open up anymore in 2020. So we just basically, you know, in July, we canceled the lease. We part ways with the landlord. And, you know, we were a good tenant. So the landlord was able to forgive some of the debt. But I go, I went full time uh, on my real estate, quote unquote, um, and then start doing flips because I need an income. Right. So, okay. Active income, so I was. I started doing wholesale. I started doing flips. Anything I can get, uh, without giving up my my buy and hold properties, right? Without selling the buy and hold properties, because I know those are a long term asset, right, for us. So, um, but that it's you know that's also when I learned the important financial, because I had you know the funny thing is I had I had books. I learned QuickBooks ever since I started my business. My my. Wedding photography had a QuickBooks desktop. I remember learning QuickBooks desktop, and I had a good book for that. My restaurant has a great book because I keep track of my book. And for some reason, I didn't do a good job on my books for real estate because I thought, well, it's an investment, right? It's passive. Why do I need to expense all this stuff, right? It was just depreciation. Um, big, mistake. <laughs> big mistake. Oh, really? Yeah, because 2020 came in. I did my big flip because I thought I was going to make 100K, 120K. Then I found out that I lost 60K. Oh, no, really? 
Yeah. So, you know, and then another flip. And I, I found out that I lost another 20K here and there, right? But oh, I think yeah. overall that year, uh, I, I might have lost 100K. Wow. And I thought, wow. you know, wow. I, I might be grossing. You know, again, this is where I, we say revenue is vanity, right? Because now, you know, if you don't know your numbers and you don't know what is it that you're bringing in as profit, even gross profit, uh, you know, you, you might have a... a you know, you think your business is doing well, but you know, it's not. So, you know, so, but that's what I learned about books. And that's what I, um, I, I hired, actually, I hired my first bookkeeper after doing all my books by myself. And I actually trained the bookkeeper to become a real estate bookkeeper. Right. Okay. And then for one year, my colleagues start asking me about bookkeeping. And I'm like, well, I have a bookkeeper. I do. I keep my 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 books pretty good. And then we start, you know, I start helping them, and it just grows from there, you know. And then that's kind of like when I find my new mission and my new purpose. It's like, hmm, you know what? A lot of people was at my at the same spot that I was, and a lot of people are still in the same spot that I was. And yeah. so, you know, this is where we exist now. This this company that I call KPI Books, and the KPI st stands for Key Profit Indicators. Right, because this is what we want to give you guys. We don't want to give the investor, real estate investors, right? These these profit indicators that you will find in your books to know how to focus on your business, how to keep this sustainable, and how to grow the business, right? So, okay. And it's all okay. based on my my past failures. Wow, that's pretty cool that you that you would do that. So, mm -hmm. what what exactly are the KPIs then of real estate well it's it's varied because right? yeah it, it varies from different investor profile right because for yeah. example i started with buy and hold right i started with buy and hold so the profit indicator is you know how well you rehab the buy and hold asset so for example um is it okay to you know not upgrade uh, the plumbing right by saving money you think you're saving money but what happened when you put a tenant in there and something breaks right and you know you know how the nature of a tenant is uh which is another kind of indicator how you select your tenant but that's a different uh step you know how you rehab you can indicate you know the standard ways to rehab and a budget certain way that is non-negotiable for rentals that's what we learn right so for example if you're looking to rehab a house, you come in and you see, and, and here in Illinois, you have to use copper. And a lot of how, old houses in Illinois, in Chicagoland, they use galvanized pipe, for example, right? Now, okay. now you're dealing with a house that is, you know, uh, that you want to rehab now or, or later, right? And so that comes into play where is it worth it to spend time to upgrade those pipes so you have less problem afterwards, right? Because now once a tenant is in there, you know, it's it's hard for you to rehab stuff. You It's hard for you to open up walls and everything. And, you know, I've seen people that's trying to skimp over several of this stuff, right? And now it, it, it becomes a problem, especially after COVID because everyone stays, right? Yeah. So now you have water issues. <laughs> now you have plumbing issues, right? Because everyone stays at their house now. 
Oh, like, really? What are they doing, okay. right? Like everyone's Everybody's staying out. pooping at home rather more than water. pooping at work. Yeah, more more water usage, more you know, more everything, right? So that's I one. Right? So that. Your profit went down the drain, right? Quote unquote, went down the drain <laughs> because you didn't do a good job, I you know, you. with with rehabbing, right? And you never you never find out about that. But so it's that's one, you know, selecting tenants, right? I mean, I learned by by tenant selection is very important too. Right. It's not about the highest rent. Right. It's about finding the great tenant at an average good market rent that will that will fit your your neighborhood that will stay for a long time and take care of your property. Oh yeah. Right? Exactly. Now, some people are looking for like the highest rent. We're not. When we're when we're putting it on market, we look at how much other landlords are charging, like say eighteen hundred, and we're charging seventeen hundred. Or seven and twenty-five, but we are very strict on our tenant selection. So we get we getting a lot more leads of people going and applying to our property, qualifying them first before showing them the property, and getting the best tenant we can at a reasonable rate. Now people don't think about that because it will save you money in the long term, even though you're not charging the highest rate because you can always increase the rate. Uh, your rent rate after one year, two years, and things like that, right? Okay. But these yeah, are the stuff that we learned that I try to tell and give strategy to new landlords, for example. That makes a lot right? of sense. Yeah. yeah. How do you, how do you, uh, you cash flow and you can see the cash flow? Right? So, so with what you do with your KPI books, there's a way to track that. Like, is there a way to mm -hmm. figure out the sweet spot with your yep. computer yep. system or whatever you well, have? Well, the good thing is about the software. Uh, the QuickBooks is able to itemize any single thing that you want. So we can customize it with the way, whatever the, the, the investor profile, and we have a template that we customize for everyone. Um, and then, you know, from there we go into what's important for you, right? Are you looking for a tenant that is performing all the time? So, you know, that way we, we look at this component, uh, this um, indicator, uh, which is a lot of times the category, right? That says, okay, well, are you looking for two, a two-year lease? Okay, for a two-year lease, what is your average cash flow? So it's it kind of like you know reverse engineering from there, right? You wanna okay. you wanna get six hundred bucks per month? Okay, well, you know your rate should be right here, but then your expenses should be right there, right? But in order to get that, in order to minimize your 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 expenses, well, you probably need to get a new fridge, otherwise. You know, you get a, an old beat up fridge that you're trying to save a hundred bucks. Well, your appliances, when it breaks, it's going to cost you more than a hundred bucks for someone to come in. Right. And okay. there goes your cash flow for one month, for example. Okay. Now, so. not, not to shift gears too much, but uh, so I'm on the capital raising side. I'm trying to raise mm -hmm. capital for my team Yep. to put into multifamily. Mm -hmm. Is there a KPI for raising capital? There is, you know, so I'm, I'm a lender too, and I'm, I borrow money too, right? So I use a lot of, you know, other people's money and I lend too from my IRA and, and Roth IRA. So, you know, there, there are different risk tolerance and that's how you define your KPI, for example, right? So, you know, what are you, you know, in lending, there are the risk tolerance that you can convert into these indicators, right? So for example, if you're in first position, you know, this is how much rate you can get. Right. If you're a second position, this is how much rate you can get. Right. That this all becomes um, 
you know, kind of like your rate of return, right? So now if you raise money for multifamily, um, you're competing, quote unquote competing against um, other banks and under syndicator that is also advertising to the same clientele. Okay. Right? So how do you win that? Right. Well, how, what, what kind of values you provide in addition to just the rate? Right. So it becomes more than just numbers at that point. It becomes more um, a value base also, which you can, in, you can, you can have a, a certain um, value added. Right. So interest is not everything because for me, when I lend, when I lend money, it's for safety reason, meaning like I want my money to work um, better than a normal stock market. So for me, uh, as long as my money is working at an average 10 to 12% a year, that's my, my profit indicator right there, right? How many, well, how many turnovers do I need? I like, I like to get less turnover. So I like to give people at least one year, for example, right? And then that way I can get at least, I know I can get 10%, 12% because sometimes people return that money early. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to kind of pay attention because sometimes people like short term. Well, I don't really like short term, to be honest, on out of my uh, 401k or out of my IRA. Right. I like it to be more consistent so I don't have to worry about rewriting the documentation and everything. So that's, you know, that's kind of like your indicator right there. Right. How many turnovers of the loan that you want every year? Mm, right so now for multifamily obviously a lot of times it's longer term right Right. i mean you're probably looking for two three four years you know people who are want to be in there for a longer period of time so your crowd is a little bit different so now you're targeting you know for example doctors that um, wants their money to just kind of be stable right and for for a while and people who want to diversify so yeah, I find that a lot of people who has great job, they want to diversify. They they like real estate asset. They also like mutual fund, and they also like some other types of fund because they have this disposable income that they like, right? So, but by defining uh, those characteristics, you can find out your target clientele better too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think our project that we're looking on, we're looking at keeping the money in for longer. I don't want to speak for the team necessarily mm-hmm. because it can vary based on different different projects but we were looking at longer longer like five year type of thing right on, yeah. on some so on some projects mm-hmm. so yep yeah and so you, 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 can find, you can find a target market like that right and and a lot of times what you need to do is you you need to add value to that right because you know just giving interest it's usually not enough at this point, like at least what I find, right? The longer it is, the more value you have to give uh, your, your partner or your lenders, right? For me, in a longer period of time, I give educations, I give advice, I give values. Uh, oh, like, that's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, if you like to have people stay for five years, have a Zoom uh, uh, like a monthly Zoom or something to give an update, for example, or to, to get people excited, to get people, you know, uh, to go in with you on board on a monthly basis, knowing their, their investment is still good, that they're still protected, that there's there's update and there is progress, right? Oh, and then that I didn't will... know that. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they probably get I mean, antsy because it... their money is gone for so long. 
Well, it depends on some people. Some people are okay with it, but you know, if it depends on the things that you want to raise. If you want to raise a lot of money with like more than 10, 20 people, then you it's probably good to have some sort of newsletter, some sort of a um, you know, update in progress. I mean, I even give updates to my lender. Right? And it, this is just a per project basis. Right, my lenders are real estate investors that, or a new real estate investors that wants to learn, uh, that has some money that they want to invest, right? And that's you know uh, we call it um, earn and learn, right? Because now they're earning and they're learning, right? That's mm-hmm. um, you know I, I I you know I let my lenders come into my projects anytime they want. Just let me know. And so they can come in. I can let the uh, contractors know, and they can check out my rehab all the time. And you know, they can call me, and they can ask about the update, or I give them the update through text, or I give them the update through email. You know, so and that keeps them going. That keeps them excited about the progress and know that it's right. working. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So now how do you with, like bookkeeping too? Like with, if you couple with that, um, now you can give performa to them too, right? Now it, you know, for new lenders, you can give past performance. For example, like you know, some of my clients, uh, they're able to tap into the, the past projects because they have the final numbers and the final profit. They can show their their new lenders or existing lenders like this. Here, last time I made this much money and I gave the lender this much money. Oh, All right. Okay. Yeah. But if you don't have and good then, books, you can't really say that with confidence. Not really, you know, because now you'd be like, "Well, I think we make forty thousand when I when I pay." <laughs> I think it doesn't that's sound a, very reassuring to a private right? money lender. But having showing the numbers, you know, and coming from a third party, right? Because this is why big firms have third party bookkeeping or third party accountant, right? That provide the numbers to their investors, right? It, it provides accountability and provides them, um, you know, also being a professional uh, investor, right? Having a, a dedicated accountant. To show the numbers at all times. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is there's there's like an affordable way to do it at the beginning? Is that what you're? There is. Yeah. There's always a there's always way to do it. Um, do you I do it at the beginning. You know, I mean, you're just starting. Well, we we started with just giving out, um, and I still do. I still give out uh, templates of you know Excel templates for people to just keep track. Right, because like say for example, if you're doing flips, you know you have your purchase. It's almost like when you underwrite deals, right? So you have your purchase price, but it, we go more details into, you know, your your budget, right? So just more itemized items to 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 show your budget, and then you can show that as part of a presentation, for example, to a PML, right? Okay. And then now you can keep track of that in the spreadsheet, right? So like anytime you buy something over Home Depot, you just put it in. And you just add it in, you know. I again, I started with with Excel. You know, the first two years of my uh, real estate investing, like I said, you know, I didn't use QuickBooks. <laughs> I didn't use a tool. I mean, I had my my QuickBooks uh, only was only for the restaurant at that point, which is kind of like mind boggling now that I thought about it. It's like why didn't I, even I started with, you know, with a good accounting? You know, when I started that, I know how to use right. So, but that's lessons learned. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I I have an Excel sheet, and I feel like there's more that I should be doing, um, but I guess that's that's good for now. I just have simple simple well, tabs right now. 
Yeah. Well, having an Excel spreadsheet is better than nothing. Some people doesn't even have anything, right? Some people it's only in their head and, and it will mess your numbers because it's driven by emotion. That's what Ooh. you don't want. Yeah. Right. Because like yeah. now you'll be faced with tough decision and, and your contract is always going to want to get more of your money. Right. It's this is life. They, they're always going to say, Hey, should I get another coat of paint? Should I upgrade this to this? Should I, should we do, you know, this LVP instead of that? Right. And if you don't have that written out in your performa on your budget, if your scope of work, you know, you're just following the flow and that becomes emotional decision because you'll feel like, mm, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Let's do it. And then now you found out it's going to be a thousand more. You know, Oscar, you just seem so like nonchalant about this, but like these lessons that you've learned, I'm sure when it was going down like COVID, I'm sure you were like dying inside, right? Oh yeah, man. It's crazy. Like you just seem so chipper about Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a guy that, you know, if, if if I learned my lesson and I didn't die, I survived, I'm I'm happy. You know, I thank God for giving these lessons that my family can still live in abundance right and and we move on to to a much brighter future like for me i'm always moving on right you 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 stumble and you you move forward you stumble you move forward right that's really just my mindset and and i'm not a mindset guy per se yeah. you know i don't spend hours like listening to um really you know talk about mindset you know i like yeah. to know the how and all the things i like to learn stuff and i learn from my mistakes Fast, right. right? I just learn fast, really fast. Um, I mean, so for me, yeah. for me, I have you know four kids, and I'm doing this this entrepreneur thing. I mean, right now I'm protected because I'm in the military and I have a government job. But at some mm -hmm. point, my contract's gonna end, and I'm just gonna jump into entrepreneurship. Yeah, with with four kids, and it sounds super scary. Mm -hmm. But you think, yeah, you think it's doable, right? Oh, it's totally. I mean, it's totally doable. You know, it, it's but you have to start now, and you start have you have to start budgeting now. Yeah. Right. When I say budgeting, you need to look at your uh, the performa of your life. Okay. Right. So yeah. you know what do you wanna what do you wanna earn in the coming future, and then from there you break it down into steps, actionable steps. Right. I mean the same thing with with my restaurant when I had the restaurant. Let's say, you know, hey, I want to I wanna make $200,000 a year, right? With the restaurant, I was able to make about one fifty a year, right? I mean, I, after everything, I, I pay myself one fifty, right, with the okay. restaurant. Okay. So, and then I found real estate. And, you know, 2020 hits. So the only thing I know is, like, I just want to earn the same amount first. I just want to survive first, right? That, that's my, like, one-year goal, right? You know, forget about 20-year goal, five-year goal, college goal. At that point, COVID hits. Like, I just want a one-year goal that I can survive. <laughs> Zombie apocalypse, whatever we have, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, like, I just want to try to earn the same money in real estate. And that's why I switch my gear from buying and hold to let's see if I can wholesale this. Let's see if I can, if I can flip this. You know, and I start, you know, I start doing it. I start learning the market again and it was tough because the markets keep changing i mean during COVID, you know your your buyers yeah. keep changing yeah. 
you know, like one time the buyers is qualified and two days, I mean, I, I, I swear you two days before closing, the buyer's not qualified anymore. Oh, really? Just because they found something in, in the buyer's profile two days before closing, something changed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, literally I we waited two months to close and two days before closing, they found out that the buyer went on vacation and they canceled the loan. <laughs> Really? Like literally, it is not a joke. It's like they can't. How, how did they find out that they went on vacation? Because they saw them swiping their credit card somewhere, or probably because they they like, look at statements, right? Be, because of COVID, because everything that was so, um, uh, the, the the nature of the how the process loan changed. So they look at bank statements two days before closing. They want the latest bank statement. Because they want to reassess the DTI, the debt to income. And it just happens wow. that, you know, wow. the, the, the buyer maybe bought a ticket, a plane ticket or something. You know, like literally we got a call and it's like the buyer doesn't qualify anymore. What do you mean? It's like two months. You have two months to qualify. Well, yeah, we asked for a statement and we saw something that they don't make the DTI anymore. Wow. Wow. So, so I still, I still am like thinking about having kids and doing entrepreneurship. I think it keeps a lot of people back from doing it. Like, mm -hmm. like I think, um, at least this is one of my thoughts when I was trying to decide what to do with my life. Like, oh man, if only I was single and I didn't have any responsibilities, then I could go jump into something super scary like entrepreneurship. But you don't think that's you think it's totally doable with kids? You just I mean, you know, when I started, I mean, I don't know how old you are. I was thirty six when I started real estate. I didn't have a house. I mean, I was renting. You know, I mean, my wife, uh, my wife was like very faithful to me, and she was like she gave me permission to do stuff. Right, that's the most important thing. Um, I just, you know, I wrote a post maybe a few weeks ago. Um, recounting the seven years of my life as a real estate investor because this year marks the seven years I, I, you know, I, me being a real estate investor. So I remember, you know, this conversation where I went to a seminar and I wrote a check for $18,000 or I wanted to write a check for $18,000 to run real estate and I had to have this hard-hitting conversation because that money was supposed to be a savings for our down payment for a house. Right. Okay. So it's a family support. That's what, you know, sometimes family support is better than when you don't have a family. Right. So, mm. you know, yeah. the support of your wife or of your children and seeing your responsibility as the provider, it's a better, not a better, but it's, I think it's more of a purpose driven than, you know, if you were single. Oh, okay. you know, yes, when you're single, when you're young, you can fail forward more, but sometimes there's a lack of purpose. Yeah. Because what you want yeah. is, oh, I want to try this. I want to make more money. But when you have family, when you have children that look at you and, and call you dad and rely on you, right? Knowing that, you know, you have to perform, that's the purpose right there. And you'll do as a, as a good father, as a good husband to do whatever you can, right? right? To become what you needed for the family. And I think that that purpose will, 
drive you more than other people. Single, whoever uh, had they, they actually could have more opportunity than you, right. or more time than you. Right. Right. So I think it's all about purpose. That was that was beautifully beautifully said. Yeah, definitely for sure. Like, there have been times where my family is is gone, and I'll have a Saturday to myself because I have so much time. I end up not getting that much done because I don't have the family pressure like right there reminding me to go faster or something. I don't know. I definitely yeah. feel the same. My family is giving well, me a lot of purpose. Nice, it's nice so. to get time for yourself, right? That's definitely nice, right? But knowing knowing that your family's around you and knowing that you know at the end of the day, you know you you are um, you're needed, right? And that's that's like that's my drive every day. Right to see, you know, um, to leave a legacy, right? And it's not the legacy. Legacy is not about property. Legacy is not about asset, right? I told my kids like, hey, you know what? If if you're like, I, I'm not promising you all these properties that I have, <laughs> okay. but what I promise you is a legacy that you're gonna have the right uh, mindset, and you are going to see me, the real me, throughout your life, so you can. You can see how you you can you know what what you can become right in in the future. You know, I mean, and, and I think we know. should end we should end there on a high. <laughs> that was yeah. that was pretty deep there that you said yeah. that. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I don't know what to I don't know what else to ask you after that. Um, well, you know it's. And again, you know, I'm not a mindset guy, but then you know, I know my purpose, right? So if you know your purpose, that's all you need, I think, you know? So everything else is just action. Everything else is just taking, creating new habits, you know, um, just small habits and, and reading books. I mean, I, I love reading books more than thinking about mindset. You know, I think I learn stuff um, from the books I read and I pick here and there. And that's yeah. kind of how I de develop my habits. Well, you're a man of faith. Correct. I yes. see you posting a lot of stuff about religious, uh, Christian, Christian, Christian mm -hmm. beliefs. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's, you know, I, I think that um, when I think about accumulating wealth, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to go chase after wealth. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You're totally right. It's it's okay to chase wealth, but I think um, in one of the scriptures, I don't know what it was, but it, Jesus was talking to a guy about, um, he asked this rich person to uh, give everything up, mm -hmm. and the, the the young man cried because he he had much, yes, a lot, many yeah. things, mm -hmm. and so I think in that scripture, and I. I'm not a scriptorian, but I just kind of know that's that story. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. I think it's the attachment to our to our things. Definitely. That is that yeah. is not good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's right. I mean, right. the Bible doesn't say to be poor. Right. No one. Not, nothing about the Bible says you're supposed to be poor. Right. God will God will test you and God will probably make you broke. Like, you know, at one point or to to test you. Right. Not to yeah. give you punishment. Like Joe, right? That's yeah. correct. Right? So, but you know, God also says that He wouldn't give any trial that's more than you can handle. 
right? So that's you know that's when I when that's when I see when I face a challenge, right? So it's like I can overcome this. I don't know how, but I'll I'll overcome this. Yeah, right? but you know you're so you're correct because I want to make millions and millions and millions of dollars because then I want to be a good steward and then give them all away. Right. I want to live that. You know, right now I can be comfortable and my family's taken care of and I don't worry about giving, you know, 50% of my wealth to the kingdom of God, whatever yeah. it is that yeah. God calls me. Right. I mean, right. Joyce Meyer says one time, this is, this always rings to me because I think God called me to be a, to be in the marketplace, meaning like to do professional work and not be a priest kind of, right? Not be a preacher or whatnot, because I don't want to be a preacher. I'm not called to be a missionary, but I want to support the missionary, right? I want to, yeah. I want to build houses for missionaries. I want to make sure that they're taken care of. You know, I want to, you know, all the good purposes to do good works. I want to, I want to help support, right? With the talent that I've given and with the millions and millions of dollars I will make and then be able to give it away. Josh Meyer at one point says, if I can give away 90% of my wealth, I will, and just live on the 10%. Instead of giving 10% to God and live on the 90%. Right? And I love that because like I, that's my goal, right? That's my long life goal. If I can live on the 10% that God gives me and give up 90%, but that means you have to be billionaires. Like pretty much. Yeah. Um, right? That, that, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I think, um, so when I, I, I don't think I've ever really told you my story. Um, mm -hmm. but basically I'm, I'm a doctor, but I'm, I'm trying to leave the medical field cause it's just not making me happy. Um, right. I saw some of your like story, you know, like you burn yeah. out and all this. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like God was calling me to do something bigger. Mm-hmm which doesn't sound right. You'd think God would always call people to be doctors, but um, yeah, I feel like it's a higher purpose for me to go. Yeah. And to go and do something that's going to make me happier. Yeah. And everything that you do is part of the journey, right? Yeah. This is why we call it, you know, just um, enjoy the journey and believe yeah. in the, in the journey. Right. Because, right. you know, I, I, I didn't think I was going to be opening up a financial company, a bookkeeping company, like at all. Like you would think, you know, I, I would think about this 20 years ago. No, I just want to become an engineer because I love playing games and I love like software. And my dad bought me a computer when I was like eight. And, you know, that's how I became an engineer and work for Motorola. Right. But, you know, that's when the, that's when, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, you might have your vision, you you know, you might have your purpose, but, you know, there's going to be things happening along the way. You know, the, your, your, your purpose as a doctor, even though it ends, you will learn something that you can, you know, you can implement, right? Yeah. In, in yeah. the future, right? Your analytical brain or your perception of how to detect symptoms and correct problems that's problem-solving skill that a lot of people don't have, right? Yeah. And then that's probably going to be needed in the future when you do multifamily syndication and you're solving, you know, a million-dollar symptoms for people. Mm. Yeah. Right. That's I how I right. see it. I think I think you're right. 
Well, I want to go into medical real estate. I want to, I want to try to use my medical knowledge for things like assisted living and like buying clinics. Yeah. I want to buy a clinic, buy an ER, buy a lab, Mm -hmm. buy a radiology suite. Like I want to go buy medical things. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Right. And then especially coupled with the, with your faith and knowing that you have to be a good steward in what all we do. I mean, that could go further than someone who just want to say, I want to buy a business just because it's a profitable business, right? I want to buy a business. Yeah. So it's, it's profitable. I can make more money so I can give back more. Right. So I can use this business to do good, to do good right. work that right. I was called to do. Right. right. Okay. So. How do you explain that though, to people that, that think that pursuing wealth is evil? Because I I know there's people that I know that have told mm. me that they think it's like a terrible thing to mm. to want to want millions of dollars is a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would just say you know, it, again, it goes back to the Bible, right? We're a lot of times where we can become apologetics, right? Um, that you know we need to we don't need to defend the faith, but we just need to say it and let God just kind of marinate that right we we just throw this we just throw this the seed right and then that will they will just marinate right so i would i would always just you know do it as a parable right you know just what you said you know just think about all the people in the bible like job was filthy rich if we can say it right <laughs> he was filthy rich god took it away and as a test and we can filthy rich again joseph was filthy rich abraham was filthy rich you know, like Abraham everyone in the Bible. Rich. I didn't know huh? that. I didn't know Abraham. Abraham, was... Abraham has like tons and tons of cows and like every single thing that you can imagine at one point. Oh, I know he had like a bunch of wives and stuff. So I guess yeah, he must well, have too, right? money to have <laughs> a lot of wives. Well, I don't know. Um, I'm not. I'm not like you know good at my my Old Testament, but I think Abraham has a couple of wives, right? One of them is Sarah, and the other guy, the other one is like Hagar or something. I'm not sure. But, I don't. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. Old Testament is hard. Yeah, but, but uh, you know, again, there's there's nothing that says uh, if you if you read the Bible, if we want to like just kind of um, go back and forth about hey, you 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 can't be wealthy. You know, there's there's always an explanation, right? Um, you know, there's always an explanation in in what you said about the wealthy guy that re- I know went went away because he's sad. It's not because of the wealth; it's because of the attachment to the wealth. Yeah. Right. And, and we, we explained that, right. It was, it was just that, you know, now we can also argue, but are you, are you tithing 10% of the gross or are you tithing 10% of the net? Right. That's like your face right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's personal to you. Right. It's like, uh, I can't say, is it, is it, is it right or wrong? That's, that's between you and God. Yeah. Um, so the exact opposite of faith is this movie called um, fight club. It's not, it's not oh, okay. something that like a faith filled person would watch, but. Um, I watched Fight Club. I think, yeah. I I, I, I love that show. There's this quote that drives me all the time, and it says, "Um, it's only until you've lost everything that you're free to do anything." Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think I think um, like my loss of my love for money has -hmm. given me freedom to go pursue money. Mm. If that makes sense. So like, so like doctors, 
and I think other people in nine to five jobs, I think they get so attached to their income mm-hmm. and their nice things, like their nice cars, their nice houses, that it actually traps them from mm-hmm. going and pursuing real wealth. Yeah. But yeah. if they were to let go of those things, they would be free and they would have more wealth. Yeah, and that's you know that again that goes back to the uh, the parable, right? That's the attachment to wealth that just you know will uh, will make you attach to the world, right? So you know, uh, and you know if you just know that principle and you just free up your mindset, you know, based on that biblical principle, then you know you're free to pursue uh, more wealth because you know when when your wealth is gone, then you have your faith. God will give you more. God will replenish. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So you want to be a billionaire so that you can live off of 10%, which is just hey. millions. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if, if, if I can live off a million and be content with a million, I'll give, I'll give away the 99. I've, I've never had somebody explain that to me like that. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and again, what a, part of it is with, with wealth is being content. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and you knowing that you can make more, but still content about yourself. Right. And, and a lot of people, it, this is not even, you know, not only a biblical principle. Right. I mean, you look at Warren Buff- Buffett. Yeah. You know how he lives and everything. Right. Right. And how he just, you know, happy with the house that he's been in for the last, what, like 40, 50 years, the car that he's in. Right. And then keep accumulating that wealth. And then now he's giving it away to, you know, all the charities and everything. I mean, you know, that's amazing, right? Yeah. You know, and, and it should be more and more people like that, right? And even, even more if you're a Christian and you have that faith and you have that understanding that you should be successful in the marketplace, just like a Warren Buffett. Yeah. Not to compete, but to just be there and redirect the wealth of the world or to do good works. Yeah. Because somebody's going to have the money. Yeah. Somebody's going to have There's the money. There's so much money in the world. So much money. Right? There's so much more ways to make money too. Yeah. And do you want that money in the hands of, of greedy people or do you want that in the hands of somebody that feels called to do bigger things? Yeah. And I think when when God sees us ready to receive more, he'll do it. Right, he'll yeah. he'll give us more, knowing that we're not going to be greedy. Right, right, and it it takes small chunks of that journey, right? You know, to just yeah, yeah. prepare yourself. Man, I did not think this conversation was going was going to go in that direction, but it did, and <laughs> I really feel uplifted by that. So thank you. Oh, good, good, for yeah. Your, for mean, your, your fire of faith. Yeah. Oscar. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, it's, it's a journey to me, right? It's, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it's just definitely, um, I mean, I can, I can tell you like funny story during COVID, like, you know, when, when my rehab went bad, I, I literally just like kneeled down on the house, like literally like, I, I wish like someone was taking pictures, but I guess I, I, I would be too embarrassed for it too. You know, but this is one of the stories that I tell, I just tell like people in closed doors, you know, that like, I actually like kneel down and say like, oh, please God help me. Mm. 
right? And there's that moment where a lot of a lot of us in close room where we, you know, where we just surrender. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People don't see that. Right. All they see is the success, but they don't see the struggle, and they don't see you surrendering to higher faith. Yeah. And and receive miracles. Yeah. And that's what propel you to move forward to give you strength and to just kind of be able to tackle the challenges, right? Knowing that everything's going to be okay at the end. Right? Yeah. And yeah. with your journey as a doctor, I mean, you, you might, you know, it might be a little bit blurry for you, but you know, we have to do our job, right? We have to still plan. It doesn't mean that we're okay. We go by faith and, you know, not, you know, and not just like, okay, well, whatever it is tomorrow, okay, Sarah, Sarah, right? <laughs> yeah. You, have, you, have to you can't do that. that. You can't just start. Right. Yeah, you you have to do something, right? right, right. And that's part of the journey. You have to do something. Oh, as you were saying, you have to take action. You can't just pray. You and, have to take action. Yeah, you can't just. And uh, you know, faith without works is dead, right? Correct. Yeah, but at, at one point, you do have surrender. You do have to surrender. Right, right. It's an oxy. It's a paradox, but in some yeah. ways, and yeah, and and you know, not to say bad things going to happen to you, but you know. I'm hoping in a journey as a doctor and trying to move on from a doctor, there's a, there's a point where you need to surrender and then you will receive a revolution and that will propel you and increase your faith and you will see success, uh, like success. Yeah. Right. So, and it, 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 sometimes people say like, you know, you have to be on your worst point of your life kind of, right. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what I mean. Right, not not like wishing bad things, but you know, for us, it it means surrendering. Yeah, you know, knowing there's nothing more you can do. Yeah, yeah, I've been on this journey where I feel like um, I feel like God was telling me like you need to just you need to move on, you need to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I decided I was just gonna flip the switch, it was like. It was like my whole brain just was lit up with like mm. knowledge and just inspiration. Like I felt super, felt like I was unstoppable. Nice. Um, just mm-hmm. felt, yeah, amazing. So, yeah. How long have you been a doctor? Uh, for five years. Five, five years. years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and <coughs> what is I guess do you have uh, yeah like transition plan right now so i'm i'm gonna be in the army for another uh two years two years okay but what i would like to do is i'm working on raising capital to put into an assisted living facility um in texas Mm -hmm. but what i'd like to do is try to get a try to get a project for me set up so that i can go and operate an assisted living facility when I get out. Hmm. Okay. Like, um, yeah, like own, own like a hundred doors type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an assisted living facility. Okay. And you want to do it in Texas? Well, I live in Virginia, so I, I would like to do it in Virginia. Oh, okay. But my partner, but right now you're my, partner my partner is in Texas. Do you know Rob Seema? Okay. Uh yeah, I've heard of his name. I don't think I had the pleasure of speaking with him. Yeah, Rob Sima. Uh, he did a he did he's done a couple videos with Pace. Nice. But um, 
And then do you know who Lynn Bell is? Have you heard of her? Um, yeah, I've heard about her too. She's um, she's big in the North Carolina group, but okay. <coughs> he has a lot of experience operating. I don't have time to operate right now. Yeah. So right now I'm just trying to grow my social media and mm-hmm. try to attract other doctors to me to put money mm-hmm. into their projects. Nice. Yeah. And then um yeah, I want to go run one when I get out. Nice. Okay. So, we'll see. Okay. See how it yeah. goes. It's part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the plan. So. Yep. Cool. Well, is well, there anything else we should talk about, Oscar? I think um, you ended on a pretty good note there. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like you said, it's just a free flow conversation. And I think we did, you know, um, I hope we threw throw out good seats for people to marinate, right? You know, we just, you know, we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk a lot talk about business, faith, having a good book, you know, and we did a pre-interview, which people can watch. And, yeah. you know, there's probably nuggets here and there, depending, you know, and, and it's just, it's just like, I think this type of interview is great because you never know who's going to watch it in the future. Yeah. And you never know what state they are in. They could be new. They could be burnt out. They could be in the middle of starting something new. But I believe um, what we talked about is going to resonate differently or uniquely to everyone who hears it. Right? Yeah, That's what's cool about this. Yeah. Right? I, I hope we do affect somebody in a, in a positive way when somebody mm-hmm. listens to this or the, yeah. the yeah. recording or... Yeah, yeah, that's all we can do, you know, and, and there's always, you know, there's always time and hopefully people will reach out to you and me, right? And that's kind of like the purpose of, of this uh, type of interview. So people get to know us, people get to know our journeys and, and maybe they'll be like, man, I, I'm like, you know, in that position. And that might be like two years after this show, right? Two years after we, we, we put this on YouTube, right? And people will, will say, oh man, I'm here. Like I'm, I'm that position right there. Right. And they connect with us. And at that point, we, we don't know where we are, but you know, we might provide more values at that point. Yeah. Or they can provide us a value that we need. We so need it right at that point in time. Yeah. Maybe they start blind park and they could tell us. I, 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 I'm kind of doing social media also because I'm envisioning myself in like five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. And in five to 10 years, I see myself being, in a much different place, but it would yeah. just be fun to go back and watch yeah. what I was like and what I was thinking like five to 10 years yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to do what you're doing, right? I'm okay. so busy okay. um, building my business internally, right. To grow it, which is nothing wrong with it, but I, I also know the importance of what you're doing. Right. And I'm trying to do more of more of that you know, exposing myself because I, I'm not a talking head. Like I hate just, you know, going in front of a camera and just talk. Oh right? yeah. I like this oh, interview. Yeah. I like interviews, right? I like talking with people. I like being asked questions. I like to ask questions. I like to ask for advice um, from the right people. Right. And that, you know, I need to do more of that. Right. In a podcast format. Talk, talking right? head is, is dying. I think it's dying. I hope so. <laughs> 
<laughs> because I'm not good at it. <laughs> so. no, nobody is. It, I mean, if you look at anybody doing a talking head, it's not very uh-huh. good. Like it's mm. um, as soon I can kind of recognize. What'd you say? It's, it's like a facade. You think most of the time. <coughs> so you have to be trained. You have to be trained to be able to read a teleprompter well. Mm. And most people aren't aren't trained. Like, mm-hmm. um, if you were to get a teleprompter and put it, put it like they have these teleprompters, and it will it will reflect the words on your phone, mm-hmm. and so people will read the words on their phone. Mm-hmm. If you're not trained, if you're like not an actor, it, it just doesn't come out very well. It just doesn't mm-hmm. come out naturally. Yeah. Like there's people's teleprompter voice and then there's people's regular voice. And so mm-hmm. I just think talking heads is dying. Mm-hmm. Personally. And every time I see a talking head, I just I just don't watch it because it doesn't sound like a real person. Mm. Yeah. And I think there's so many of it, right? There's so many of it that it becomes a common occurrence. I mean, back then in 2020, you probably watch it more, right? And then, you know, we we evolve, right? The, the trend shifted too. Right. So that's that's the thing about social media. It's always shifting. It's always like what is the trend now. Right. And it's um, that's the hard part about it. You know, the algorithm keep changing and you keep have to keep learning and all this stuff and everything. So, you know, I'm in the middle of creating a podcast studio right now. Oh, okay. Um, And, you know, I have an opportunity. I have a you know, I'm 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 right now. I'm in a, a five unit that I bought seller finance. So I'm converting slowly converting um uh, you know some of the some of the units like this unit i'm staying in right now is going to become a mtr right or student housing even like depending on how because it's close to a yeah. medical district yeah but it's also close to where the downtown is right so you know there could be something right so but i there's a penthouse on the top floor on the third floor yeah. that i was going to yeah. turn into a, a luxury airbnb because okay. we're very close to United Center, for example, where pools play, where all the you know all the you know big games and everything, right? Mm-hmm. But then you know I had opportunity to see a bunch of podcast studios around Chicagoland area, and I'm like, hmm, maybe I should just turn it into a podcast studio where people can well I, I can have my podcast and I can have my you know the uh, recording and creating content, and then I also I can also rent it out to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah you totally could so, do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to pursue that and I'm talking with some people to just help me make that a reality. Well, mine is really simple. I don't think you have to be too complicated. Yeah. Did I, do you know what, you know, these are, these aren't books. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's a backdrop, huh? Yeah. Yeah. This wow. is real. This is real. Mm-hmm. That's not real. That's not see it. See, oh, okay. see those clips. Yeah. So are you in a basement right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. But then I have this. That looks kind of real. I mean, that, you know, if you didn't tell me that, that, that might, you know, I was just hey, that, that looks like real, real bookshelf. I have a mood light just to kind of mm-hmm. add some dimension to the leaves here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah. Pace, Pace talked one time in one of his Zooms that he spent like a couple hundred thousand dollars on his. I mean, this thing, this 3D print was like a hundred bucks. Yeah, the plants were like seventy-five, maybe or fifty. 
Yeah. The light was like fifty. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh shoot, my my uh, my cord on my. I gotta plug my computer in just a second. Oh okay. <laughs> my my computer's dying. Oh. Well, I think it's about time that we end. Um, next week, I, I had a guest that might be changing her plans. So I don't know who the guest is for next week. But this is uh, hey, part of the journey. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting guesses is more challenging than I thought it would be. But it's, it's yeah. good. It's, good. it's tough. You know, but, you know, the thing is, like, once... Once you be become more visible to people, you know it, it, that's that's credibility, and people, you know, you you get to reach people that is on a, a more, you know, kind of like more have more reach out to and more, you know, there's more followers, right? So and that's that's the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll see everybody next week. I'm gonna end the pod the live and. Oh, did you have anybody on Instagram that had questions, or did anybody show up on your Instagram? Um, I didn't. I didn't get anybody on mine. Oh, uh, let's see. I think I ended the live, so I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yep. So.